Welcome everyone to part three of the collaborative series between Player Profiler and the 33rd team. We had to do it big for the third episode. I think at this point, everyone in the fantasy space uh, should be, if not, uh, now here you are, aware of the Podfather, my my ex-boss of nearly five years, one of my good friends in the industry, at Fantasy underscore Mansion on Twitter, the CEO of Player Profiler. And of course, we had to bring in, if it's a wide receiver show, if we're going to talk rookie wide receivers, we had to bring in the wide receiver whisperer himself, our head of DFS, Jordan Vanek, at Jordan Vanek DFS on Twitter. This is a star-studded show. We're going to be going through every single rookie wide receiver. I'll introduce them. I'll pass to Jordan. Jordan watches the film. He'll talk about the play style. He'll let us know if there's a player comp that he has in mind. He, he's already shared a few of them with me. We've got some spicy ones. And then we will pass it off to Matt, and he will talk about any redraft or dynasty thoughts that he has because, as we know, Player Profiler is the best place for dynasty out there. So, folks, we're going to dive right on in to – and actually, I guess I'll say this. We're going in order of most receiving yards on the season to least. So we have to start with everyone's dynasty wide receiver one preseason. Of course, it was Puka Nakua. All of us knew that the day three rookie on the Rams, who is slow and can't separate, would become Matthew Stafford's best friend. Breakfast buddies. He's at 827 receiving yards now. Woo! He has his bye this week. He's rocketing up everyone's dynasty rankings. Jordan. You have a pretty spicy player comp for him. What have you seen out of Puka through these first nine games? So the plus side of him is he's his own beater. He understands where to find the solid spot. And he's been with Matt Stafford, who we've seen throughout his entire career, elevate receivers, whether it was Kenny Galladay, whether it was like Marvin Jones when he when Galladay would go out and like some of the other players that he's played with. Obviously, we saw what happens when he gets paired with Cooper Cup and someone that intellectually knows where to be when it's needed. And Puka has been a student of the game. That's something that's always going to be there. And for me, I see Tyler Boyd. I see a player that isn't athletically better than everybody on the field, but he understands where to be. He has sure hands and he's not going to run something that's incorrect. He is great on the sidelines, great over the middle of the field. And that's going to be great for a long-term. I'm scared once Matt Stafford is no longer at the quarterback, but as long as he's got McVay, I think Puka's going to have a production. I don't think he's going to beat out, obviously, Cooper Cup while he's here. But I think both of them are going to handle 60% of the targets going forward. Whoa, 30% target share for each. Yes. I they There's no reason that they don't get the ball at that mm -hmm. level unless they're playing a team that's just living in man coverage. But we don't see that in today's NFL. Wow, Matt, you've don't, been uh, don't forget he's he got anti Puka bands too, doesn't he? Doesn't he have the yeah. little? He's got the arm. Doesn't he have mm -hmm. the arm things? This yeah, makes him much more athletic when you've got the, <laughs> you know, you've got the little, right, right. It's he's true. got the arm bands that may try to, you know, the, where he's he's like focus on my biceps, mm -hmm. not on my slow legs. Well, I mean, he Apuka in uh, it's a Hawaiian nickname. Apparently, it means fat. He's kind of owned that. Apparently, he was a chubby. <laughs> unathletic kid so we we love the backstory but matt yeah. ultimately i know you've been on record multiple times it looks like you're trending towards selling puka nakua talk me through why you're you're not sold on him long term at his current uh top 10 dynasty value yeah, I mean, top 10 dynasty what are we talking about there's a guy <laughs> on the patriots named juju smith schuster who was close to number one at one point and was number one in some rankings and similar athletic profile and he had a 1,400-yard season, and that's what Puka's on pace for, 1,400-yard season, you know, coming out of the slot and, and getting a, a bunch of yards after the catch, finding the soft spots. Those are the things that he was doing. But 
that was the year where Ben Roethlisberger led the league in pass attempts. And for the first four or five weeks, man, Matthew Stafford looked like he was going to maybe lead the league in passing yards. He, he was prolific. Now, all of a sudden, the weaknesses of the Rams are being exposed. Their offensive line's getting exposed. And no running game. It's just the whole thing. Matthew Stafford, he can't stay healthy for the full season. He's had so many injuries. We know that as, as players get injured and they get older, those injuries stack up and the probability of getting hurt goes up. Uh, mm -hmm. All those reasons, no one was drafting him throughout the summer. All those fears about his neck and his shoulder and his elbow and all these, whatever it is. Right. So there's all these concerns. And then what happens if he if he doesn't come? But does he retire this offseason? Does he retire the next offseason? How long mm -hmm. is Cooper Cup going to be a Ram? So I see all these open questions. He has the, the the day three draft capital. Clearly, the NFL did not think that he was a superstar. No one. Right. No one. No one thought Stefan Diggs was a superstar either. Right. So I know what happens, but mm -hmm. chasing outliers when you can lock in a first round pick plus just isn't, isn't, uh, is, you know, is a system play, right? If you're mm -hmm. just going off of system, if you're not, if you just ignore the fine grain details, ignore the tape, even ignore the stats, ignore everything. Just say, Hey, mm -hmm. a guy with this profile coming out of college in this situation, if he reaches this, this Zenith level, What's the probability he stays there for five years, like a Jamar Chase is likely to stay there versus fall yeah. like an Icarus to the ground? There's a decent chance he falls like Icarus. So I'm going to go ahead and take the the first round plus tr in trade easily. I think that's just this was mm -hmm. something you should have done three or four weeks ago when you knew Cooper Cup was about to return. You had plenty of time to get out. But now he started to put up these games with 35 yards and it started in the in inefficient games, games where he's not targeted as much. It's like, okay, right? You're not quite getting what you could have gotten a couple, even a couple weeks ago. And now yeah. you have to ask the question, what's his trade value going to be like a month from now? Again, this is the Rams. This is not this, this is not this offense that's going to be putting up 30 points a game. And there's no there's no scenario where anyone looks up and goes, yeah, this is this is this is the number one option. Yeah, he surpassed Cooper Cup. It's not happening this year. Like he had a chance, mm -hmm. right? There was a chance there. Where it's like he Cooper had the Cup's audition. never going to be healthy. Yeah. He's never going to get back to form, right? He's going to have another setback, and you know it's going to be back to the drawing board. Total lost season. No, Cooper Cup has established that. Okay, I'm healthy now, and and I'm commanding more targets, and I'm just a more productive player. Because hello, I had a, had a year where I put up over 25 fantasy points a game. I've been here the whole time. I'm still 30 years old. I'm not 35 yet, right? He's like, last time I checked, I think I'm, I'm still in that Larry Fitzgerald zone. I think best case scenario, he's Anquan Bolden to Cooper Cup's Larry Fitzgerald. But you get a, a, a Bolden-type player that runs a 4-7, you know, every whatever it is, decade. That's going to put mm -hmm. up those kinds of numbers with that kind of athletic profile. And Bolden was a, was an early round pick. He wasn't a you know late fifth round pick. Yep. Yeah, Matt. One thing I've learned from you, Jordan. I know you echo this a lot. Is that in terms of uh, running backs versus receivers, talent matters so much at the receiver position. 
One guy I think we'd all agree does have uh, more talent, most likely, than Puka Nakua. Jordan Addison, second among rookie receivers. He's at 534 receiving yards on the season. He's not quite as obvious a buy or sell at this point. He started the season hot. Every fifth catch of his was a touchdown. Then Kirk Cousins goes down with the Achilles. We have Josh Dobbs magic. This kind of feels like uh, a little bit of the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience where there's a lot of excitement. He's not actually necessarily all that good of a quarterback, but we've got uh, Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Josh Dobbs works for NASA. So uh, these, these highly intelligent uh, journeyman type quarterbacks. I'm kind of curious what you've seen Jordan out of Jordan Addison through midseason, And if you still think that he's kind of a, a beta receiver in the NFL. Yeah, he's, he's not, he doesn't profile to be an alpha. He, he profiles to be a like a, a Calvin Ridley. Um, I think his ceiling would be if he somehow became the alpha would be Stefan Diggs. That's, that's a ceiling type outcome for him. But coming out of the draft, I thought he was one, a one B with JSN. I absolutely loved him at USC because he's someone that doesn't lose speed when he changes direction. He wins consistently down the field. He's not someone that I want going over the middle. I don't want him to kind of take these hits from these linebackers with the with the measurements that he posted at that combine. But pairing it with Justin Jefferson was a perfect landing spot. I felt like this could be what Jamar Chase and T. Higgins kind of have, what Julio and Ridley kind of had, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle to an extent in Miami. And that's kind of the situation that I was playing it out to be. Addison is going to win down the field. And he has shown it when against the Eagles, he showed it. Obviously, in the week one against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he showed it. The one thing that I was very impressed with was what he did against the 49ers. Um, I'm concerned with the quarterback play of Josh Dobbs. That's not someone I want my guy that needs to win down the field to be having because I watched a lot of Hollywood mm -hmm. Brown get underthrown throughout his time in Arizona. Can't imagine they're going to gain a lot of chemistry going forward but Addison is someone that I could see profile like see going forward as a wide receiver low-end wide receiver too obviously if Justin Jefferson maybe that money talks maybe he finds his way out of Minnesota probably not and he's going to be the number two receiver in Minnesota going forward similar to what we see with T Higgins what we saw with Ridley what we saw what we see with Jalen Waddle right now so that's kind of the, the way mm -hmm. I see Jordan Addison as someone who's going to give you these boom weeks. He's not going to be a consistent producer at the receiver position, but he has a lot of value down the field. Yeah, his Matt, his, uh, his ceiling saying, is his ceiling is Devontae Smith. That's his ceiling. That's uh, he's Devontae Smith. There's so mm -hmm. many guys like him now. Like there's yeah. so <laughs> many guys like him now. Deontay Johnson. There's just so many guys like him mm -hmm. in the league. So if you, you if you, you, the peak of of what he could be is uh, Devontae Smith. I mean, he had a year like Devontae Smith did at Pitt. Yep. Right? I mean, yeah, I, with, did he get any Heisman mm -hmm. votes that year? I mean, he could have. I, I, mean, I know he I won the Blitnikoff, but yeah, I don't think he... Yeah, he won the Blitnikoff. He was too. that good that year. I mean, we're talking about <laughs> He like basically got catches. Pickett drafted. Yeah, he yeah. basically is the reason Pickett was a first-round pick. So, uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Jordan Addison. <laughs> but these these are high-end betas. They're high-end betas. But he's the highest end beta because that year he also had 370 special teams yards. We we know that's predictive mm -hmm. of future performance. That just that's that's the Deontay Johnson corollary. That hey, this guy's just good at football. He knows his way around yep. the football field. He knows how to leverage defenders. That year he also had a 27 percent target share. That was his like fully healthy year where he was all banged up at USC. Did fine, but I mean. His freshman year, true freshman year at Pitt, had almost, what, 90 targets? 
we're talking about this is a legitimately great football player. That's what he is. And he's got the requisite speed. He runs a sub four, five forty. So he's faster than Deontay Johnson. That's why you could think, is he a fast Deontay Johnson or is he just, uh, you know, Devontae Smith, whatever he is. You're not allowed to be surprised when with, you know, Justin Jefferson out, he just continues to chip away and chip away and chip away. And finally, in the fa- last few weeks of the season, he could surpass Puka Nakua and be the receiving yards leader for this rookie class. Because I see Puka mm-hmm. fading, and I don't see Jordan Addison re- really re- relenting until jo- Justin Jefferson comes back. The problem is, is there's no Kirk Cousins. So he's now got this these two-pronged sort of uh, governors on his production, and he's got Dobbs over Cousins. That's a downgrade. Then he's got the target competition coming back from Justin Jefferson, but at the same time, KJ Osborne out with a concussion. So I don't see, I don't see much difference in, in the, in the target share he's going to command. The problem is how many pass attempts will the Vikings be able to put with, with, with Josh Dobbs? I don't know. Um, but, uh, I love him as a prospect this mm-hmm. year. It's a weird, you said there's no like buy sell, a clear answer on Jordan Addison. That's absolutely true because he's got the target squeeze coming with the quarterback downgrade. So there, there's no impetus to go trade for him now. Right. But yeah, yet, you don't the, want to sell Vikings him either. Are also in flux, which is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk yeah. Cousins the, could the be there next year. He's coming not. up. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky situation, right? So basically with, with Jordan Addison, if you haven't acquired him yet, you don't need to go out and grab him because we, we had we again he has th- these headwinds coming at him. But if you have him, just remember when there's some tough weeks ahead, that's okay. He's a phenomenal prospect, and he's someone that like no one, even though Devonte Smith is underwhelmed this year, no one that has him in dynasty is like, damn it, I she was a huge mistake getting Devonte Smith. <laughs> yeah, he feels like a like a small miss type player if you're you're buying him. One guy, uh, speaking of small, Josh Downs, tiny, but uh, surprisingly effective. I certainly was shocked to see him show up third on this list. 483 receiving yards on the season. Immediately kind of usurped Alec Pierce on the the Colts depth chart. I know our own Ryan Reynolds was extremely high on Downs as a prospect. Jordan, I know you liked him too. Talk to me about what you've seen out of Downs uh, as now as a a full-time slot player for the Colts and what you expect with Richardson in year two I think Downs is going to be a better real life football player than he is going to be the fantasy asset because my concern is Anthony Richardson as a passer that development is going to be hit and miss is he going to develop into the Josh Allen that's you know outlier production there or but like he could develop into what Cam Newton was and Downs as a player he what he did against the Browns, if you want to watch any game of him, watch him against the Browns. He's got a great play caller in Shane Steichen, but also he is a great football player. He is only a slot. He is someone that's not going to be put out wide. He's not going to be mm-hmm. getting these you know, deeper targets, but his wheel route against the Browns was phenomenal, catching the huge touchdown from Garner Menchu. This season, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being the leader in receiving yards because of the Menchu play style and being able to kind of have a quarterback that he has games where it looks like he's the world beater and then games where it's like we are reminded why he is no not a starting quarterback anymore. So for Downs, 
I'm scared of when Richardson returns. I'm hoping he has a few more boom weeks and then I would be selling him. He's going to be a full-time slot player in the NFL. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's probably more of a prolonged career as a slot. But it's just Mm -hmm. with Richardson, how are they going to operate with him? He's obviously going to be told don't run, but that's his best asset. And that is why you kind of picked him as high as he did because of the freaky nature of his athleticism and coming off of a shoulder surgery doesn't exactly sound great for uh, me to be playing that quarterback. I watched Cam hurt his shoulder against TJ Watt in the Steelers way back when never looked the same after that. And the only player he could really throw to was Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. Yeah, Matt, I was going to say right now we've got two forces, one force, uh, rookie receivers get better as the year goes on. Josh Downs has gotten better. The The downward force is that he's getting better with the wrong quarterback. It's Minshew, not Richardson. How, how do we make sense of this for Dynasty? Well, he's, he's hurt right now. And he yeah. left the game with, a, with, an, with an exasperation of his knee injury. So anytime you come in with a knee injury, he was questionable. Then he has to leave. Like, clearly had a setback with it. I don't – is he going to play this? Is he questionable? Would you guys know yet? Did he practice? He didn't practice today, but it's also Wednesday. We probably want to give it one more day. I would I would lean towards him missing. I think he's going to miss this game. Anytime a guy comes in with a Q tag and then leaves with a setback, it's almost always he misses. That's what I was thinking. And then now all of a sudden he misses a game. This was why it's like, man, I wanted to pick someone to surpass Puka. It's tough between Addison and Josh Downs. They're they're very similar players. Josh Downs is actually more explosive. I think he can play outside. I don't think he's uh, doomed to the slot because he can play like a Z receiver position where he's kind of going in motion and then he can kind of still he can still flash out wide and, and and double moves and all those things are all in his all in his in his wheelhouse. I mean, his 2021 season was very similar to Jordan Addison. I mean, these guys are just target hogs, but then the next year he was even better in terms of catching touchdowns. His catch rate was something incredible, like 80%. Yeah. He's an incredible football player, but he doesn't have Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, right? And and Michael Pittman is a true alpha. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do? I mean, he's not like the best alpha, but yeah. he's you have true to in every sense term. of the profile. Mm-hmm. And you're going to you're going to suck all those pass attempts out of the offense with Anthony Richardson. But he's hurt. So again, this is the same situation that we have. Very similar situation, similar player, similar situation where it's just in dynasty. This is a hold. You're you're no reason to trade for him right now. Let the season play out. But if he gets healthy week 10, 11, and then he has the Minshew for the rest of the year, absolutely mm-hmm. in play with Minshew under center to be the receiving yards leader among the rookies. That's a very, that's a real possibility, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I hate the knee injury, man. That sucks. Don't love the knee injury folks. We're talking rookie wide receivers. I'm Josh Larkey chatting with our analysts, Jordan Vanek and Matt Kelly, the pod father. Theo Gremger was on for our quarterback episode two weeks ago. He started a new podcast at Player Profiler, Dynasty Life. He's actually going to have our own lead dynasty analyst, Ian Miller, on as a guest soon. The collaborations between our companies continue. Every Monday, Matt does top 10 takeaways. That is the most fun and engaging recap show out on the planet. That's every Monday morning, and he's actually going to have me on this upcoming Monday, the 13th. That's going to be a very, very good time as well. Player Profiler, 
Com, everyone make sure you're checking it out make sure you're checking out all their player pages let's now turn to zay flowers 472 yards on the season uh i'll say this uh, i get i've seen some shades of uh antonio brown light i've also seen uh that lamar jackson doesn't like throwing for more than 175 yards in a game jordan what have you seen out of zay flowers in the, these little flashes that we've gotten every couple weeks i love when they let him run routes I, I feel like the, he had schemed so many touches that everybody kind of takes away of like, look, he's only getting these wide receiver screens. That seems like a player that they're trying to get the ball and they are getting it to him in creative ways. Obviously, it's not breaking for the 60 yard touchdowns because that's just not he's he's a good yak player. He's not a great one. A great one. His quick twitch ability is something that I love when he was at Boston College. He suffered from quarterback play at BC. It was it was ugly watching Phil Jerkovic try to throw the ball to him. Some of the plays that he had to make just because of an underthrown ball or just misplaced football and him going to go up and getting it. He's one of the, my favorite receivers in this draft class, but it's similar to what we just said mm -hmm. about Josh Downs. Lamar Jackson yeah. is a good passer. He is a good one. He is not a great one. He's not someone that I expect Baltimore to let drop back 45 times because that's not the way they want to play football because that's not how you they need to win football games. Zay Flowers is someone that I think the more his route tree expands, we're going to see some of the bigger games, but I don't expect them to let him kind of play like what we would see from Jordan Addison if Kirk Cousins was back there, what we would see from some of these top mm -hmm. guys. So for me, Zay Flowers, I think, is going to get his routes expanded. And once Baltimore maybe plays some competitive teams at home, we'll see some of the bigger games. But He's just operating within the offense, and Lamar is just having fun spreading the ball around to everybody mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, you make yeah, a good one point. game this year a... for Zay Flowers, one game with 65 plus air yards. Yep. That's yeah. it. It was week five against Pittsburgh, right? Mm -hmm. He he but uh you know, he only was able to catch five of those. He's incredible. He is already one of the best route runners in the league. I'm I'm super excited for him in the future. This is just one of those situations where it's a guy that's going to give you baseline production, wide receiver two production for Dynasty, which is great, and you just set it and forget it. I think uh, something that Jordan said, I think not only do we have the Lamar Jackson problem, we also have potentially just the Ravens defense problem where every single year this is a, a top 10 unit. That's not good for for throw volume. Do you, Matt, do you think – Long-term, there's hope for Lamar Jackson with Todd Monken after this year. I think we've seen this year it's not going to happen. Do, is there any confidence we can have a, a 250 pass yards a game season out of Lamar? Because that's really what you need for Flowers to kind of take that next step. No, you need Mark into, Andrews like, to get upper injured. Echelon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. That's the only thing that can help. That's the only thing that's going to break through. You know, we're, we, we were talking about, you know, guys in the wide receiver 15 to 25 zone. That's what all these guys we're talking about are, which is great. Again, this is great. I love these types of guys. I'd love to start, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver four flex positions. They're great. Mm -hmm. It's just ceiling performances. There's a couple guys that I think you, you could look for, but they're probably not among the, these guys we've talked about yet. Jordan, you were the highest I've seen out of anyone in the industry on Tank Dell. I remember telling you that I can't get on board with a receiver who weighs less than me because I'm not a big guy. Tank Dell looks like the clear exception. You've been pounding this drum. He has 454 
yards on the season already. CJ Stroud looks like the real deal. He's got a professional premium quarterback throughout at least his rookie contract. What a, what have you seen out of him so far? And does it kind of confirm what you saw at the senior bowl when you, when you texted or no, you you called me actually enthusiastically and you were like, Hey, I don't know what you're doing, but we need to take five minutes. Cause I have to tell you about tank Dell. So why don't you tell the, the public now what, what it, you think about tank Dell? So there was one thing that I saw at the senior bowl that kind of showed me the high level, like route runner that he is. His release package, if you try to come up and press him, makes me not made me not concerned about the weight whatsoever because everybody's concerned with weight is usually, well, how do these guys hold up? And then also, can they get off press coverage? What he was doing to some of those cornerbacks at the Senior Bowl, granted, it's Senior Bowl cornerbacks. It's not guys that are going top five in the draft. It's not NFL corners. But the, he has this diamond release that he can break multiple ways. And he was destroying Jamie Robinson, whose profile is a safety. But it was what was available to me when I was watching him at the senior bowl. Some of the moves that he makes off the line of scrimmage is second to none. And you see the size, you think slot receiver. This man's playing over 70% of his snaps out wide. That is how they use him there. Obviously, he's paired with a Kyle Shanahan disciple, a guy that formerly worked at PFF, someone that believes in yards after the catch. And you see him making a lot of these plays the toe-tap catch that he had against Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past weekend was one of the plays that I'm thrilled to see. That shows just, I mean, obviously, C.J. Stroud has the confidence in him. The ball placement was amazing. And then coming down with it, getting two feet in bounds. This is a player that I think just has a super high ceiling. He's kind of, if you would have flipped Zay Flowers downs into maybe Dell uh, with C.J. Stroud, I would be much higher on them. But for me, Dell is a guy that, he gets open. He separates at a high level. His change of direction is second to none in this class. And he's proving to be one of the better just overall receivers. And I'm excited for him to continue to get the full route tree, the full route share, because it wasn't something he'd use starting early on in the season. But now that he's gotten on the field and what he's produced, it's you're seeing it just explode with CJ Stroud. Yeah, 17 touchdowns, 70% catch rate, 30% target share at Houston. That's how you put up two straight years of 1300 yards. He was putting guys on skates, the whole senior bowl. And there were plenty of NFL corners at the senior bowl. So not necessarily that he was facing, right. But mm -hmm. there were plenty there. And so it's, uh, it was, it was, it's so impressive. I'm not a big outlier chaser. I'm, I'm much more likely to go with a guy that has a ton of comps like a Jordan Addison that, that have been successful in the league over a guy like uh, tank Dell, but just because, you know, but the funny thing is in rookie drafts, I remember getting a bunch of tank Dell because I was like, listen, guys, I understand that, but he did, he was like, he was like the last day two pick and no one wanted him because he was five, six. And I was like, well, I have to draft him. I mean, he's, he's, he, he was super productive. I mean, I will take him in the third round. And then, so I ended up yeah. getting a bunch of tank Dell that I didn't even plan on. <laughs> um so and it was, was a like, hollowed out texans receiver room too which was nice yeah, yeah also, it was too easy so but uh, but would i love to have more sure but i feel good about my tank dell exposure in spite of the fact that i again i had thought there was one receiver i would be considering in the third round of rookie drafts in 2023 which was michael wilson and that was mm -hmm. it but uh that's because they, they were both excellent at the senior bowl as well that really helped uh but uh yeah you I don't know how many college receivers have 
back-to-back 1300 uh, yard seasons it's very rare oh and it was he, a michael crabtree like i don't know there's just a, there's been a few but it's yeah. so so rare i was also gonna say his college profile he had a game against sauce gardner and kobe bryant and he went for like a buck 50 i think in the aac championship uh two years ago i actually was able mm-hmm. to see tank dell i think in his freshman year or no I went to one of the games. I think they played UCF. I got to see Tank Dell in person. Again, he's just, he's little, but it just, it doesn't matter as much anymore. It, it's still mm-hmm. a big thing, but I would like him to be bigger, but he is what he's got. Let's talk about Michael Wilson. Matt, you hinted at him uh, a second ago. Michael Wilson, to me, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I smell regression. He's had 33 targets through eight games. His yards per reception, 16 on a catch rate of 76%. I I don't know what I'm watching right now. He does get the Kyler Murray upgrade. Jordan, what have you seen out of this guy? Because right now he just looks like the quintessential uh, sell in all formats when we have one of the world's most efficient receivers of all time who'd been playing with Josh Dobbs. I am actually bullish on uh, Michael Wilson. I'm surprisingly, like, he dealt with so many injuries throughout his collegiate career at kind of, skewed a lot of the numbers behind him there um when he was over at stanford but when he got on the field like well first off he was first one out at practice every single day at the senior bowl obviously that's the senior bowl where he's trying to go get hired by a company technically and but hey he was out there first all the time with elijah higgins but he also had the quickest feet yep his his footwork was unbelievable um and he's like one of the biggest receivers yes i would rather have him than jonathan mingo without question I know that Wait, is that even what That's there's people <laughs> I mean and Mingo <laughs> there are, as a Panthers fan no I know I think I no, I, I legitimately think that he's in the conversation of the guys we've been talking about I think that Josh is wrong I think that if a guy yeah, is tell me, this let me hear it with Josh Dobbs and he's getting a massive quarterback <laughs> upgrade and he's going to be on a team that has an underrated yeah. offense they're going to be playing from behind all the time and he actually does profile as Michael Crabtree with the guy I talked about earlier uh, yeah, because like his agility score at 6'1", 215, mm-hmm. it being sub 11-0, so yes. impressive. It's pretty elite. It, yeah, and and you you can't even talk about his his production in college because he barely played. Yep. So it, mm-hmm. th- th- that is what a diamond in the rough like third rounder in rookie drafts looks like. like. They come around every few years where it's like, hey, this guy, had he not got hurt, every he would have come out early. Everyone had been talking about him. Yeah, but he went to Stanford, had the injuries and all these things, and they stacked up. And now we just have a great gift, and he's still not yet priced properly, right? Even in seasonal mm-hmm. leagues, his I think his roster ship is something like 15% with Kyler Murray coming back. So I'm buying. Yeah, mm-hmm. picking that up for Kyler. They're, they're going to be playing from behind. Kyler's not going to want to run as much off, off the ACL, and he's – Probably he's their second best ca- pass catcher without question. Yeah, I can't because not scheme touches. I'm counting true mm. pass catching. I'd say he's yeah, I'd put him ahead of Rondell Moore at this point. Yeah. Pretty pretty convincingly, folks. We're talking rookie wide receivers: Matt Kelly, Jordan Vanek. Speaking of Jordan, his DFS main slate piece hits the 33rdteam.com each weekend. That's free to view, and he has his top 24 wide receiver rankings hitting the site later today, where he outlines his process behind his rookie receiver evals. You need to be checking that out. And uh, I think we need to talk about Rasheed Rice. 378 receiving yards, kind of becoming the wide receiver one 
in the Chiefs offense, though uh, it's a little bit of a committee approach some of these weeks. Jordan, what have you seen out of, I'd say, the one big, fast, moderately productive college receiver that came out from this class? Andy Reid is going back to like 10 years ago of how we bring rookie receivers on board. He is he's not playing him a full time snap chair. He's like increased it some weeks when he feels like it. But Rasheed Rice is definitely the number one receiver over in Kansas City. Obviously, Kelsey plays tight end, so he doesn't count for this conversation. As far as what he's going to be long term, first off, he's paired with Patrick Mahomes. That's obviously a check mark. You want your quarterback, you want your receiver paired with one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. Second, I think he can be an alpha, but I also would love to see him paired with some of the receivers coming out in this year's class. I think that a Malik Neighbors, if he gets paired with Rasheed Rice, that would be another duo that turns into one of the better duos in the league. Um, but as of right now, mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice, he's a contested catch guy in college that has gotten better every single year. I had the opportunity to actually talk to Rhett Lashley when I was over at the Senior Bowl at the end of one of the practices, and he told me that 50-50 balls are 70-30 when it comes to Rasheed Rice. Mahomes doesn't usually throw those 50-50 balls, but when Rasheed Rice has gotten on the field, he's just been productive with Kansas City. I don't I see him still developing. I don't think he's a finished product by any means. I think next year, towards the end of this season, we're going to see him playing full-time snaps in the playoffs. And then there's a chance that he becomes a guy that is hard to buy if he performs at a high level in the postseason. We've had a lot of touchdowns. He does play with Patrick Mahomes. Matt, where are you at on Mr. Rice? What a tricky one, man. Yep. What a tricky one. <laughs> this is Andy not Reed. easy. Andy this Reed is, is not like fun. Michael Wilson. This is this is not Michael. This Michael Wilson's a slam dunk. This one's tricky because he's a chief. And he's the number one. And, and, and Andy Reid's just, you know, just laying the breadcrumbs for us every week. Right. It's 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 too obvious, man. It's too obvious. And you could absolutely see them bringing in an even better receiver next year. They probably should. It's what they should do. Right. And then, yeah, so they we're need like, oh, my God, it's going to be for- the alpha just in time for him to get, you know, 100 percent snap share. But in the playoffs, it doesn't count for fantasy. And then they draft somebody who's even better. And the next thing it was like, I was never going to get it seems too good to mm-hmm. be true. And when something's too good to be true, it probably is. I think he's going to be the tease receiver of this class. That's what I see. Yeah, I think that's a good point. The one thing I'll add is he does have value insulation because of the Chiefs. We all saw the Mecole Hardman experiment. Uh, you could pretty much sell him every single year because people kept saying this is the year. She Rice, uh, definitely better than that, but a little bit of that to him as well. Let's turn to Jaden Reed, 333 receiving yards on the season. A pr- pretty good start. I know before the season began, I said this looks a little bit like Deontay Johnson light. Jordan, what have you seen out of Mr. Reed through nine weeks? This is the first receiver I'm just not a big fan of. I- I don't, it might be Jordan Love. It, it might just be the way he's using the offense. But I'm just not really buying into him being a productive fantasy asset going forward. I would rather have the pick in this upcoming draft because I think the receivers in this upcoming draft are miles ahead of these guys for the most part um, from a talent level. And there's a lot of them. Um, it, it might just be Jordan Love for me. I, I'm 
happy to miss out on it. I'm happy to sell and take my chance at a dart throw in the draft because I just don't see him being a reliable producer at the next, like this upcoming year. Yeah, it was a lot of seniors last year. A lot Mm -hmm. of seniors came out, like Michael Wilson. All these guys are at the Senior Bowl, which is not good, right? It's not good. I mean, you're going (laughs) to... There's a couple of reasons why they're at the Senior Bowl. Like, there's an excuse for Michael Wilson with the injuries. There's an excuse for Zay Flowers with the quarterback. Zay Flowers was super dominant and probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. have been at the Senior... And he wasn't at the Senior, but he's actually at the Shrine Bowl randomly, which is crazy. (laughs) But uh, anyway, yes, you're right. Uh, It's unfortunate. What's happening with Jaden Reed? I think he's really good, and I think that I love that. Yeah, the, the the early career production is what I like about Jaden Reed. I mean, in college, the guy was productive. I mean, I think back at uh, Western Michigan, even like six hundred mm-hmm. plus special teams yards, had the eighty plus targets. So a lot of the things that we liked about you know like a, like a Jordan Addison and how productive they were as rookies, he gave you that, right? And then kind of plateaued. Yep. And then was mm-hmm. awesome at the senior bowl. Right. I mean, you would agree he was awesome at the senior bowl. He was good. I, I think a lot of his receptions that like from my point of view was just awful mm-hmm. cornerback play. I mean, it was also hard at the senior bowl, you know, as well as I do that the quarterback play there was uh oh it's really bad. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, it was, was much tough. better, and the cornerbacks were better, the quarterbacks were worse. Yeah, it was, so it was really tough. tough. That's why Titans we had to, like, watch these guys in drills. Like I, I was more Michael Wilson barely did anything like yeah. in seven on seven. It was only like it was the drills where he stood out. Mm-hmm. That, that was what are you gonna do? Right. Yeah. Uh Jaden Reed, yeah, you're right. He was the one that was actually catching some of these deep balls and had just yep. happened to be Jaden Reed, and some of those were were yeah, cornerbacks falling down, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> it, he's still better than Dobbs. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he, we know yeah, he's he better than Dobbs. And what's the future at quarterback there? It's not like they're gonna fix the quarterback tomorrow. Right. Yeah, they, it's the, they, the Packers are a pretty old school franchise with worst ball like placement that. in the league, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is uh, there's uh, yes. If you are constructing some kind of deal and you think you can get a second rounder for him, you're doing it 100 yeah. percent. I don't think you can. You have to wait for a boom week. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're getting a third rounder. And it sounds like Jordan's mm-hmm. happy to get a third rounder. Early there's third, just not. Yeah. If there's no path for a guy to, to, to be on an offense with a quality quarterback or a quarterback's not going to be, you know, sucking so many pass attempts out of the offense as a runner, mm-hmm. the, the ceiling is just, it's not there. You know, the one guy that we've talked about so far who you could see a year or two from now being a true alpha um, is Michael Wilson. Right. And then the rest of these guys, it's like, you know, longer term, what is Jaden Reed going to be? It, we're, we're hoping he settles in as, you know, a, a Josh Downs or a Jordan Addison with a quality quarterback. Mm-hmm. How many years from now is that? Yeah. Right. So I can like a guy and then it's like, well, you know, Demario Douglas is actually going to give me production this week. Let's let's turn right to him. Matt, Demario Douglas, the most surprising name on this list undrafted Patriots receiver, Kendrick Bourne, torn ACL. Devontae Parker hasn't been good at football in four years. This looks to me like a sell. Oh, he's a sell he's a in situation dynasty, but I player. want him this week. I want him this <laughs> week against the Colts. The so Colts would you sell the worst against this... outside wide receivers? That was when Calvin Ridley had his mm-hmm. best game all the way back in week one, 
right? And the, 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 even though it's the Patriots and betting on Patriots receivers, even mm-hmm. in a streaming situation, remember Kendrick Bourne was the, the streamer of the week a couple weeks ago, yeah. and then he got hurt. It was just they're cursed, and it's a bad offense to be streaming receivers with. But I mean, if mm-hmm. I had to pick a week where right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Right, they got Kenny Moore matching up with Juju. It's the perfect situation for this week with Demario Douglas. Yeah, some of these guys are dynasty buys. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are dynasty sells. Some of these guys are seasonal buys, like mm-hmm. Michael Wilson. Some of these guys are weekly buys, like Demario Douglas. This week, Matt, people are wondering now. Let's let's say Demario Douglas sixty yards and a touchdown this week. You flip him in dynasty. Where are you of trying course, to get? No, yes, absolutely. Where, where, I hold on where, one where more you, week. What are you the okay trade with? deadline in most yeah. leagues isn't for another couple weeks. Yeah. So you hold on one more week. You get the boom performance from Demario Douglas. He's technically the number one on a team, and then that that is the insta flip of all of the season. Jordan, anything to add to to Douglas? It feels like a flash in the pan. Would you agree there? Yeah, he's a flash in the pan. I played him a lot in college football DFS. He was he was electric when League Willis at uh, at Liberty. It was a it was a fun. He was like eighty percent played in every contest, and you just you kept picking him because you'd get forty. Because League Willis, all he did was throw deep and run. And Mario Douglas is on the other end of that one. Folks, no company out there has more free podcast video media in our space than Player Profiler. Go to playerprofiler.com. Check out all the player pages. Check out the podcast feed and apple and spotify check out their youtube channel check out their slick dfs modules the comprehensive player rankings i couldn't be more proud to have started my career in this space at player profiler guys we did it we got through a couple clunkers let's talk about jackson smith and jigba he only has Mm. 272 yards on the season but he's starting to pop just a little bit kind of has a geno smith problem at this point uh, fortunately, uh, if I remember correctly, the Geno Smith contract can be gotten out of after about one year. So there, there might be some hope for him where there's less hope is that, uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, both probably in Seattle through 2024, if not also 2025, Jordan, you loved JSN. How are you feeling about him now after a little bit of a shaky start? You got to put his start into full context and it's, it's a very difficult player to kind of get around just based off of he was a slot player in college. Um, Right now, it's like he's hit or miss on really getting onto the field. Obviously, Geno Smith is his quarterback. I love the play caller in Shane Waldron. What he can do with an offense is not, I wouldn't say like top tier, but he is a very, very good play caller. He comes over from the McVay style. He wanted to implement 11 personnel this year and get JSN Mm -hmm. in a full-time workload. But then his starting left tackle and right tackle get hurt in week one. JSN breaks his hand. So he's playing off of a broken hand. It's a spot where I like the prospect. It is tough to buy him and it is tough to really sell him at the moment because it is clear that he is behind Lockett. He's behind Metcalf. He's not going to give you much. During this upcoming season, I know he's come up a little bit in recent weeks. That's also with Charles Cross returning, kind of having the trust in actually running 11 personnel. But it's clear that Gino doesn't throw well out of it. I don't know what I know he's regressed and he's returned to a little bit of the older Gino Smith. But I still think the arm talent of Gino and everything should be producing with these three receivers and the offense that they're running is getting players open. They're just not finding them. So 
JSN's a tough buy. He's kind. I wouldn't want to mm -hmm. sell him if I bought into him because you're just selling him for much less than what you'd want to get. Matt, mm. uh, just uh, mm. the, the dynasty value is plummeting. Are you trying to scoop him at this point? Where where are we at on Mister Jackson Smith and Jigba? Sixty four air yards through four games. That tells the story. Yeah. yeah. Right. The guy's not Rondo doing anything down the field. I haven't yeah. seen anything down the field yet. He is a great slot receiver. Yeah. I love Tyler Lockett at Z. I love DK Metcalf at X. It's a great configuration, but I don't love Geno Smith. I don't love all that target competition. I'm not in any hurry to, to trade for this guy. And if he can get a couple more performances where he's starting to, uh, you know, recapture some Ohio state magic and, and make people, mm -hmm. he did 80% snap share. So the snap share spike last week, finally got to 80%. That was great. But that was also in garbage time where they were down 20 points to Baltimore. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't, I don't trust it. And if you traded him now, if you thought, Hey, this is a way to, to get a little bit of a rise and then trade him. I have no problem with that whatsoever. None. None. It was just like, just like I had no problem with people trading uh, Drake London. Drake London had a come up a couple weeks ago. Remember? Mm -hmm. He had he had a couple big games, and we we know what this offense is, right? What what <laughs> what you can expect week in week out. If you trade him now, there's you're not losing a lot. Like you can always get him back in the off season. I promise you, you can get JSN back in the off season, uh, potentially for less than you traded him for now. So there's not a big mm -hmm. risk. Yeah, I'll add that. Him and I have, and I'm not in any hurry to trade for him right now. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I was going to add DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I feel like there's a lot of injury talk with them. The two of them do not really miss football games. So the the idea that oh we're we're definitely losing one of them, and then we get the the JSN rise uh that's this is not a receiver room i would bet on just show on me a downfield throw <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> speaking of show me a downfield throw that segues perfectly to marvin mims he's a little under 250 receiving yards i remember through uh the first four weeks he was averaging about seven yards per route run it was ridiculous and then it all came back to life uh jordan how do we make sense of this because i the, the Broncos did not get rid of Judy. They did not get rid of Sutton. I, I, I don't know what to make of Marvin Mims, but all I know is that I'm struggling to picture him in a consistent fantasy relevant role. It is very, very difficult to trust Sean Payton in what he is doing with Marvin Mims. Coming out of college, Marvin Mims was in an offense that doesn't necessarily correlate to NFL standards because it's a lot of deep shots. It's a lot of similar to what Tennessee runs. Um, I have worked with uh, Lebby, who is the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. I'm very familiar with how he gets guys the ball. And Marvin Mims mm -hmm. was the deep ball killer in college. I love Marvin Mims as a prospect. I have not understood how Sean Payton can't get him to stay on the field because he helps everybody. Like, his yeah. deep threat should open everything up for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And Russell Wilson loves throwing the ball down to the sidelines deep. It doesn't really make sense why they haven't just given him a full-time snap share. I'm not in those meetings. I'm not understanding if he's just maybe not getting mm -hmm. everything that they want accomplished. But 
whatever reason, Sean Payton's just not playing him at a high snap share. He keeps talking about how he's going to do it. Until I see it, I'm just not buying into it. I'm not selling Marvin Mims. Um, if I have yeah. him, I don't think he's that type of... He's a he's a boom-bust receiver. He's going to give you big weeks and then bad weeks because I don't think he develops into the guy that is getting six targets consistently. He's going to get yeah, a lot it feels of deep a little, It feels a little better in best ball. Uh, yeah. Matt, any other thoughts on Mims? And can we just shred Sean Payton for the, the terrible job he's done after... Making fun of Nathaniel Hackett deservedly, yeah. but then following it up with another Hackett-esque uh, half season for the Broncos. Or, or, or all of us are just circle jerking with these coaches. And it's not really about Hackett or Sean Payton. It's about the players. It's about their offensive line. It went from one of the better offensive lines in the league to one of the worst. It's about the fact that Jerry Judy was the most overrated wide receiver in the league, and someone finally said it. Thank you, Steve Smith. Yeah. Right? I was wrong about Cortland Sutton. That you know, I like players like that, and and he's going to be one of those guys that's going to get me. Right? He is going to. That's if you want to pick a type of wide receiver, it's going to trick the hell out of me in a lab. It's going to be, you know, <laughs> Cortland Sutton. You want to make you know make him out of, you know, molecules. Okay. Marvin Mims is going to be something soon because those guys are gone. Unfortunately, Sean Payton's going to be back, but I don't really care much because I think that coach analysis is 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 uh, sort of a a red herring a lot of times. Uh, they traded a first round pick for Sean Payton, so whoever did that should be more ashamed than anything Sean Payton or Nathaniel Hackett has ever done. You're going to punt a first round pick for that guy, you idiot. Okay, mm -hmm. so. Bottom line, Marvin Mims is going to open the season next year as a featured option for whoever the quarterback is, whoever the coaches don't care. I love this as a buy low. He was he just got better and better and better in college, uh, and it put up some of the efficiency numbers we like to see. I like it. A little bit of difference of opinions on Marvin Mims. We've got another half season to see how things start to shake out, and we'll see if uh, – the usage ticks up and that he looks like a huge part of their future plans. It certainly seems like it he should get be better from Payton, here from, from Mims. If Peyton right. traded up for him in the <laughs> second round. Yep. Folks, if you want fantasy rankings, my fantasy rankings are on the 33rd team.com. They come out on Tuesdays and my rest of season rankings and trade chart come out on Wednesdays. They're already up on the site. I promise you folks, you cannot break this trade calculator. I try to do it every week. Ryan Reynolds tries to do it every week. We have not yet found a trade that ruins you for fantasy football. You, you cannot do a weird three for one for Christian McCaffrey. That's always a, a big one out there is if you can get Christian McCaffrey and not give up a premium player, you're doing something wrong. I would say we're doing something right with our trade calculator. Let's turn to Jalen Hyatt. I know Ryan Reynolds has said he doesn't expect the giants to win another game this year. I'm inclined to agree with him. Jalen Hyatt. Ugh, I, I have no idea what they're doing at the quarterback position. I, I do trust Brian Dable in the front office to hopefully make some good decisions down the line. I'd put them as an above average decision-making group for the most part outside of the Daniel Jones contract. Jalen Hyatt, just over 200 yards on the season. Is this just a deep threat or is there a little more here, Jordan? I love Jalen Hyatt. Um, from what I've seen on film, like, yeah, no, he, he is a deep threat. He wins. He wins pretty consistently. He just doesn't have the situation to actually show it. 
And if the Giants don't win another game, what does his value go if Caleb Williams is his quarterback? Drake May is his quarterback next year. Ah, It has to skyrocket. And for me, I think Hyatt has shown more on these comeback routes than I expected him to do in his rookie season. And I know Dable schemes him up pretty well. Kafka obviously is using him as a deep threat. They're probably going to be back next year because they didn't buy into this. Uh, they they had this quick turnaround, made the playoffs when they shouldn't have, and now their quarterbacks are now they're in a spot where they might get themselves a franchise level quarterback. The offensive line has been horrible. The situation's been horrible for them. When he had Tyrod out there, you saw Hyatt get these deeper targets and actually connect on some of them. I can only imagine what it would be if they find themselves a Drake Mayor K. Williams, and I'm willing to gamble on the fact that they find themselves that with maybe Danny DeVito starting for the rest of the season. So I like it. Matt, similar optimism uh, long-term for Jalen Hyatt. No, 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 no. Like his best comp on player profiler is Dami Brown. There's a lot of guys like him that were in some of these you know, pro- more prolific offenses in college. Great burst, low agility, the four four wheels, but not the four three wheels. A guy like him, he needs real deep speed, right? So remember D.D. Westbrook? That's the profile. Like he is D.D. Westbrook. And, you know, it's cool. Like again, those guys can win the Bolitnikov in college, right? And, and yeah. look great, but doesn't have enough deep speed, doesn't have enough sort of versatility to be anything more than like a situational deep threat as a situational deep threat. I think it's great. That's exactly where situational deep threats go in the draft third round. That's where you should draft your situational deep threat guy like Michael Wilson should never be available in the third round. Right. So I'm totally fine. You know, John Brown, like that is fine. Like there's maybe a year if he gets a quarterback upgrade that he could have a year, but uh, Mm. this is not the type of player that I draft, I stay away. That's the perfect segue because the type of player that uh, Jordan Vanek would never draft, but his beloved Carolina Panthers did is Jonathan Mingo in the second round. They don't have a first round pick next year. You're stuck with Mingo and Thielen. That is your receiving core. Bryce young. Terrible. Let me take a deep breath. Jordan, uh, you have to live with this guy each and every week on Sundays and see him out there on the field. He has 200 yards through nine weeks. At least Hyatt has situational value. <laughs> yeah, no. I, At least Hyatt's like a tactical weapon to yeah, like well, create I'll, space. I'll say this about Mingo. He looks like a great receiver. He, oh. You know, you, you take the shoulder pads off and you put him in a line with all starting receivers. You'd probably pick that guy. Tom he doesn't Spear. play like one. He, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't have separation ability. Like, Workout warrior. Pitch, like. He looks the part, and I have no, like, I have no problem if Mingo was my number three, <laughs> and because he blocks pretty well, like he could do like the nitty gritty type stuff. But I have no interest in this guy at all for fantasy football. I, I just don't see it. I don't mm-hmm. see any smoothness in his routes. That's something that's important to me. He doesn't have any elite speed. He can't win deep. Mm-hmm. So it's like Lane Kiffin. If Lane Kiffin can't get you the ball. That says a lot. Couldn't separate in college. So I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Lane Kiffin, mm-hmm. if you look at his history with receivers, every single guy that he has been like, hey, you're getting a thousand yards, has produced at some level in the NFL. The only one that I would say 
hasn't has been Elijah Moore. And that's just, I mean, the Jets feel like they ruined him there. I feel like he's a little bit better than uh, he's -hmm. produced. But regardless, this guy didn't produce at all at Ole Miss. And I have no idea why he was a second round pick. I was frustrated when we made the pick. I wanted Dell. I wanted Downs. I wanted someone that I know could get it done with Bryce Young. And it felt like we want Thielen to play the slot. We're Josh Downs have been just like the ideal pick there. That's where he was mocked. Josh Downs was mocked yep, in that yep. slot. Yeah. And Josh yeah. Downs would have been an unbelievable fit. You can see Josh Downs being in like an Alabama type player. I yeah. can totally see Josh Downs and, and Bryce Young having a great chemistry. Yeah, it's a real no, shame. Yeah, it's it's been so apparent just when you see the outrageous usage Thielen gets. In some ways, that's uh maybe Thielen's uh still still not dead yet. But I think what that also means is there's literally nobody else there. And it, a lot of it's just been force feeding to Thielen when you have someone like Mingo, who as we've we've beaten to death at this point, can't separate. Terrible pick. Folks, what's not a terrible pick, though, is listening to this show. And before we get into the most controversial receiver in this class <laughs> with first round draft capital, you're listening to Matt Kelly at fantasy underscore mansion on Twitter, the podfather the founder of playerprofiler.com and the 33rd team's head of DFS, the wide receiver whisperer, Jordan Vanek at Jordan Vanek DFS on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out the 33rd team.com. Make sure you're checking out playerprofiler.com. I'm Josh Larkey. And let's close out the show with one Quentin Johnston. My beloved chargers took mm. him in the first round. So far, things have not panned out. He's talked about last, not just because he's controversial, but because he is by far last on this list with only 128 receiving yards through nine weeks. Jordan, you called me yesterday and you explained on the phone, there is a little bit of hope before we get the bear case from Matt. Let's get a little bit of bull case for why this disastrous start isn't the end of the world for Quentin Johnston. If you bought into this guy as a first round pick in Dynasty, as everything of a he's going to do it right away. That's on you because he was always going to be a developmental piece. And yes, you can yell at the Chargers for picking him in the first round for making you believe that this guy's going to do it right away. He watching his college tape told me everything I kind of needed to know. He was a body catcher. He was someone that struggled really getting his hands on the football. He's a bigger body dude. He's an athletic specimen, but he's not an elite one. Uh, like he was getting kind of getting hyped up to be. And why I believe that I'm not by, I'm not necessarily going out of my way to buy him, but if mm-hmm. someone just wants to get rid of their cut, their losses significantly, I have an interest in taking him because he is paired with Justin Herbert for a little bit. And right now it's clear that they're not using him in any way, shape or form the way that he should be used over 50% of his route tree is seven to nine routes. It's just, Hey, run deep. And Justin Herbert, if it's not there right away, he is turning to Keenan Allen. He is turning to Josh Palmer, turning to Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett, and just checking it down. That is not in Justin Herbert's game. That is not the way that he operates. He does not want to give you these contested catches. And Quentin Johnson wasn't really good at coming out of college. If you bought him in the first round, that's on you for making that mistake. I think right now is a time where I would be interested if someone really wants to sell him. Because again, he's a developmental player. He is never, he was never going to be the rookie receiver that came out and balled right away. He didn't have anything that necessarily Mm -hmm. translated from day one. But he does have a lot more shiftiness for his size than 
people kind of the the reason why he was a first round pick. And mm-hmm. will the Chargers develop him? I'm not sure, but I believe they're going to have to for the next two years. You know who Close had some good out, shiftiness for his size? Still Devin does. White. Still does. Nikhil Harry. For his size, <laughs> shifty. For his size. Can he do anything else? No. Was he drafted around the same time? Yes. Is he a very similar player to Quinton Johnston? Yes. So it, it was uh, – and here's why. I like that we're talking about him and Mingo in a similar time in the in the show mm-hmm. because it was the same thing that happened with uh, – it takes me back to Zach Charbonnet. Uh, when I was talking to some you know people at the Senior Bowl that are in NFL front offices, and they're like, you guys think that there's way more sophistication with NFL front offices than there actually is. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like we think there's a lot more sophistication with like how DraftKings sets salaries. It's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's not nearly whatever you think. It's not. Okay. So what they have is a board and they have guys listed. And you might think that there's like a rating system and they have to meet if they're going to be drafted with a certain draft pick, they have to meet a certain rating system and have a certain threshold of a percentile of quality or else they're going to trade the pick. You would think that. And a couple GMs work that way, like Howie Roseman. But a lot of guys are just like, what do we need the most? And who's the top of the board? Right? That And so when you're working with a draft class that's very weak at a particular position, the Mm -hmm. top of that position gets the most overdrafted every year. Right? And Seattle said, we need a backup running back. Who's the best, you know, guy that could handle a full workload if we and then they were like we'll just take the guy on the top of the board that we have and that's Zach Charbonnet even though he was a third round pick and they already had Kenneth Walker they were just like we only have one running back we need depth and it's shocking that teams will burn a second rounder for depth but they will do it and you just have to drill it into your head that that's what they do there were no X receivers in this class okay and you could argue it was Michael Wilson, but he had so little college tape that no one trusted it. They said he was injury prone, whatever the, whatever the hell you want to do. Okay. I can't force you to understand what Michael Wilson is. Okay. They had Quinton Johnston and Jonathan Mingo as choices at X receiver. And they're like, we really need to move on eventually from Mike, Mike, Mike Williams, or in the case of Carolina, they needed an X receiver. And instead of just getting the best receiver, they said, no, we need an X receiver. And we just have to take the top of the board. It doesn't matter if his rating is like fourth round pick. That's how. That's the same thing. New England needed a field stretcher. So what did they do? They took the best one on the board. It was Tyquan Thornton. Even though George Pickens was there. That's what they do. That's how unsophisticated these teams actually are. That's how this happens. We just have to recognize when it's happening and not imply imbue so much value onto the guy because he was a first round pick or he was a second round pick and realize what was happening behind the scenes that got this guy drafted what what, mingo was a top 40 pick that's absurd in any other draft class when there's other Mm -hmm. guys that are 6'2 210 he's not going there same thing with the john quinton johnson just happened to be the best so he got drafted in the first round because he was the best. It, and it was probably the worst draft class for X receivers in the history of the NFL. 
So that's what's going to happen, right? He has no hands. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have deep speed. He doesn't have crisp route running. When you're actually checking boxes of traits, he has almost nothing other than yards after the catch in a very specific situation of a bubble screen when he's got an undersized corner. <laughs> what are we talking about? This is the NFL! <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... So that was that was a pretty... you know, mm -hmm. Not giving NFL teams credit helped you in dismissing Quinton Johnston. And now we're looking up, and he's going to be Nikhil Harry. Folks, we're going to end right there. Quentin Johnston, is he the next Nikhil Harry? Let us know in the YouTube comments. Let Matt know at fantasy underscore mansion on Twitter. Let Jordan know at Jordan Vanek DFS on Twitter. I'm Josh Larkey from myself, from Matt Kelly, from Jordan Vanek, from the 33rd team, from Player Profiler. Thank you, everyone.